I don't know. Every, every time I go for one of these really, really long rides, it's almost like an emotional, or it sounds weird, but like a religious or spiritual experience, you know, especially on those 100, 150 plus rides. Like anything over 100 miles, I feel like at mile 80, I get to this weird, like emotional spot where I just like. Like some switches. Yeah. I can totally relate. Yeah, like it's. Like, I've even, like, I've shed a tear or two, like, out of almost, like, happiness, kind of, you know? Welcome to the Stoke Podcast. My name is Quinn, and today... We are introducing a new segment into the podcast. Um, This is called Happy Hour. Now, Happy Hour is where, man, I just bring people that I know um, on a a friendship level. So it's someone who I'm not really um, getting to meet for the first time like I normally do in my podcasts. This is just someone um, like today's episode, Zach Nazar. um, And... This segment will be introduced probably once a month, once every two months, um, where me and a bunch of buddies just sit around and we talk bikes, we talk endurance, we talk nutrition. Um, we might crack a beer. Um, so this is that episode. And so guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, today we talked a lot about the almost spiritual side of endurance sports and endurance cycling. So, um, Zach kind of went into detail about, uh, his experiences, of long hundred plus mile rides and how that's almost a turning point and a chapter of life in his book. Um, Super, super interesting. And it was great because Zach, you know, he was just telling his story and I didn't really have to kind of ask him a bunch of questions and that's, that's what I like. So um, thank you guys for tuning in uh, and I'm super excited for this episode. A uh, huge shout out to um, Confluence 928 Off-Road Team. Zach is a rider for the Confluence 928 Off-Road Team that is going to be um, introduced in 2023. Um, it's something that me and Greg Miranda um, with Verity Valley Bicycle Company are creating. So it's just to help um, support riders achieve their dreams and hopefully uh, here in the near future help you know, adolescents and have a development program for, uh, for that younger generation who uh, need mentors, need people to look up to. So super, super pumped on that. Um, and yeah, without further ado, um, here's Zach Nazar. Thank you for having me, Quinn. I appreciate it, man. We're um, sitting in his beautiful little little podcast studio with his little trainer over here, and it looks like it's snowing outside in Arizona. I went on a ride this morning. It was really cold, and it snowed on me, and I saw a bunch of cactus. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, you went up to uh, the Black Canyon Trail today, huh? Yeah, so I rode, um, I rode my gravel bike because I was sketchy about the, you know, the the traction I get on my road bike. And I took that all the way out to this trailhead and I tried to do a little bit of mountain biking on my gravel bike with mountain bike tires. Sweet. Yeah. And he's got like 2.2 yeah. mountain bike tires on this gravel bike. Yeah, I think they're Rutland uh, tread pattern on like, I think they're made by Terravail. Sweet. But they're, yeah, they're, oh my goodness, yeah. They're, yeah. they're good. I bought a second pair of them because I liked them a lot. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're the perfect tire for adventure. Oh so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, so <clears throat> I want to get into like how how long have you been cycling? About three years now. Three. It's years. been about three years. Yeah. Sweet. What and what, to tell the listeners where you're from? So I'm originally from Virginia. Um, Quinn's interviewing me here in Arizona, beautiful Cottonwood, just uh, a little bit southwest of Sedona. But I was living in uh, Roanoke, Virginia before I lived here, and uh, that's where I fell in love with cycling in the Blue Ridge Mountains. So I, uh, I got taken out on a road ride by um, basically like uh, my girlfriend's dad, 
and we went out and it was I was riding a bike that I, I I could never afford if I wanted to, you know, at that at that point in my life, you know. So I I hop on this bike and I freaking take off. I had been doing like my girlfriend had gotten me into like um you know like uh like those YouTube kind of workouts or whatever or something like that where the hit workouts. That was like a big thing, you on know. The bike. Yeah, well yeah. just in general. So like I was a little bit fit at the time, like I had a little bit of like, you know, um I'd been doing a little bit of exercising, even though like COVID had been happening and there wasn't really much to do outside, but I hopped on the bike and I, you know, the first ride I went for was like maybe, I think like 10 or so miles. Then we came back and I was like, I still have a little energy. Like I was like, you know, and I was riding with a guy who was like, maybe his name is Barry. uh, He's maybe like 50 something, but he's riding a really nice bike. So I was eyeing his bike too. But, uh, long story short, um, I, I loved it. I had a little bit of energy at the end of that ride, and I was like, I want to do this again. And the big idea for me was like, I want to. I was fascinated with like how much distance I could cover in such a short period of time, and like how little amount of energy. Like, I kept thinking, I was like, dude, I was sitting down like a lot of that time. You know, like I was riding a bike and I was sitting down for a majority of it, and at the end of it I was ecstatic and I still had a little bit of energy and I wanted to like I didn't want it to stop you know kind of sort of deal so uh I kept trying to double to my distance I went like 20 miles I went the next time I tried to go 40 miles in the next ride like just keep doubling harsh reality check harsh reality check yeah I was riding with a group and they had been riding for a little bit of time given they were older than me so you know my cocky young 25 26 year old self was like yeah, dude, I'm just going to keep doubling it and I'll be fine, you know? So I uh, I go out and I get to the point where I I didn't know it at the time, but I was completely bonked. Completely bonked. Like my legs, every muscle in my leg was completely depleted. I wanted to be at the front the entire time. So I was pushing and, you know, pulling the entire time because I was, I was loving it, you know? And I ended up having to get picked up before, it was like 10 miles before the end of the ride. It was supposed to be like a 45 mile ride and I made it like, 30 miles, 35 miles or something like that. And then uh, I was so sick of the pavement when I got home. I was like, I never want to ride road ever again. That was terrible. I didn't enjoy that. Like I bit off way more than I can chew. And then maybe like a couple hours later, I was like, oh man, that was a really good time. I had a fucking really good time. So I started, I started to chase that, that distance kind of goal that was like developing and uh, I ended up doing my first century in Virginia it was the wilderness road ride century I think it was like a hundred two or hundred three miles it was like eight thousand feet of climbing now and it was raining for part of it and that really that brought me into a whole another atmosphere um, and I was just blown away by what I could do and how far I could how far I could go and what my body could endure you know, like it was cold, it was raining, I was on a climb, you know, like I was, I was, I was trying to, you know, at a certain point, you know, during that race, uh, it was like raining and I couldn't fucking figure out my map and this guy was telling me I had to turn, you know, turn this way because I couldn't do the century because I didn't make it to the time requirement, you know, you know, point where I needed to be at that time and I was like, yeah, I was like, I, you know, I'm, I'm here to ride the the hundred miles. I don't care how long it takes me or whatever. So like gave him my bib, bib number and whatever and like continued on. But I just remember like the, the idea of like finishing is the most important part. And that, that is what I really love chasing is like really long distance stuff you know relative to me right now obviously i haven't done the longest ride in the world or anything even close you know i've never even done like a multiple day trip but in my life buying more miles that's that's what i want and love that one day from my garage you know like from my driveway stupid far away and then i come back and at the end of the day i'm back at my driveway and i get to hang out sit in my bed watch stupid shit maybe eat ice cream you know (laughs) like yeah yeah so like so what was it that made you want to actually pursue a 100 mile ride in the beginning you know it's like you you wanted to double it but what was that mindset coming into it it was it was really back to so i i'd been a runner in high school 
and I knew I knew I liked back at that time I was I got similarly obsessed like I was like oh yeah dude I want how do I run more efficiently how do I find the right shoes to run the best in that fit my stride you know kind of sort of deal you know and I love chasing longer distances, but at that time it was more like, I was really about the consistency of trying to run a 5K every day, you know, and I really liked that. Um, and I think that that kind of played into the fact of like, holy cow, you know, in, thir in 30 minutes I can cover so much more ground, you know, and it feels to some extent easier. Like, I love to climb out of the saddle, and that reminds me a lot of running when I was in my, you know, like, uh, in my younger years. So that was, that was big and it was almost like a continuation of it. Like I, I built this like kind of sort of, like I knew, I knew I liked the feeling of being like exercising for a long period of time, but I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure how to do that, you know, cause like running could only take me so far. And then I remember like, like at a certain point, I can't take anymore. Like my, 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 all my joints and stuff hurt, you know? And like, I didn't find that on a bike. Like I could, I could keep going. If I kept my heart rate in the right place, if I, you know, didn't push too hard, I could still keep a certain pace to where like I could cover a ridiculous amount of ground and see a bunch of stuff. So I think the endurance plus like the place I was in too, like the Blue Ridge Mountains, like as soon as I went on that first ride on the Blue Ridge Parkway, where like you do like maybe 1400 foot, 2000 foot climb, you know, nothing really crazy, you know, um, but you're up on the top of the, you know, this like ridge of mountains and you can see like on the left and the right side, like <laughs> for fucking, you know, 50 miles that way and 50 miles that way. And it was, I think it was a mix of like the, the endurance stuff that I really love and being able to see so much of my, you know, like really being in, being in the area that I'm in, you know, that was, I think that's like, that's my biggest, that's my biggest obsession with it is like, I love the, I love the feeling of being, you know, constantly engaged physically. And then the views are just unbelievable, Un unbelievable and life changing. And the time, you know, the amount of self-reflection you can have, your brain is just like reaching for thoughts, you know? So I feel like I, you know, like I get to the weirdest, deepest parts of my mind and I don't know, every, every time I go for one of these really, really long rides, it's almost like an emotional or it sounds weird, but like a religious or spiritual experience, you know, especially on those hundred, 150 plus rides, like anything over a hundred miles, I feel like at mile 80, I get to this weird, like emotional spot where I just like, like some switches. Yeah. I can totally relate. Yeah, like it's, like I've even like, I've shed a tear or two, like out of almost like happiness kind of, you know? In a vulnerability. Yeah, and I'll laugh. Like I'll be, there's no one, there's no one around me for fucking miles, you know? And I'll like break out into just like a laugh, dude, you know? Laughing and crying. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. No, totally. Exactly. I really like how you, you know, it's, how you explain it it's a it's a it's almost a spiritual journey you know it's like you you go into this whole nother realm of thought and a whole nother realm of physical being you don't feel like yourself you like i don't especially 100, 100 miles in and it is a full-blown like vulnerable spot where a good thought will make you laugh, cry, and a yeah. bad thought will make you cry, cry. And, you know, it's like, but you're also battling, you're kind of like this neutral consciousness at that point where it's like, you're just expressing whatever you're feeling. A hundred percent. That's, that's a really good way of putting it too. Cause like, I feel like I'm almost in like an, an auditorium and I'm like, I'm on stage and like, uh there are different thoughts from the audience and I can't see who's in the audience or anything, but they're like different like shouts of like thoughts that come up in my mind or something. And I can, I can address which one I want to address or which one I want to think about. And it's almost like I just jump back into that part of my memory. Like the, each of those people like have like a chunk of my memory and I'm almost like jumping back into it. Um, specifically on that like 150 mile ride. I, um, 
so I went from like Cottonwood all the way, you know, like up 260 through, you know, down to Camp Verde and then up from Camp Verde all the way to like Strawberry Pine area. And then I took a left. You go through Happy Jack, um, eventually uh, past Lake Mormon or Mormon Lake and uh, there's another lake up there. I can't yeah, you're, you're going right down Lake, lake Mary. Yeah, Lake, lake Mary, Mary Road all the way into Flagstaff. Exactly. And you stopped in Flagstaff. Yeah, and then I'll uh, usually I I take a left and then eventually bomb down through Oak Creek Canyon. And um, when I when I was doing these rides, I was going through a lot of stuff emotionally with like my ex girlfriend. So that was like really rough for me and. Um, a big part of, you know, like kind of figuring out what, you know, how I felt about it and like what to do next was like, these are like really big rides, like the time to think, you know, cause like when I'm off the bike, I have so many other responsibilities, but when I'm on the bike, it's literally about me, you know, like it's not about, it's like, what decisions do I need to make? And riding through, I, I equate it to like, almost like riding through like Jurassic Park or something like that. Like, you know, you look on your left and there are these unimaginably tall stones, you know, and like you're, you're flying through these turns and fucking you're descending super far and it's, it's gorgeous, you know, it's literally like nothing I've ever seen. And like that whole time, you know, you're thinking about like what, you know, the, the impact you've made on, you know, um, you know, the people you've encountered and, it, give, it literally gives you so much time to reflect and it's like it's almost cleansing you know it's very it's very much like that sort of cleansing that like uh, like it's almost like if you think about tough stuff sometimes you feel better about it afterwards totally after you've somehow pushed really hard while you've been thinking about that stuff you know so you're using it like once something kind of tragic kind of happens, like with a breakup or, um, God, really anything, moving to a new location. Yeah. But that's like kind of a way you're explaining it as like to go on these rides, you're able to kind of process in a different way. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's almost like a, like a transformation in like, like it almost marks a milestone <clears throat> so that you're like in your life, you know, you think about these milestones and you're like, oh, this happened before this and this happened after this, you know, it's like, oh, I, you know, like, oh, I took this trip to Spain, you know, or something. I rode my bike 170 miles. This painful shit happened to me before I rode 170 miles. Now I've ridden 170 miles. You know what I'm saying? I've, I, I pushed it to that, I pushed it to that point and now I'm in a new era, you know, like I've, I'm coming into like a new period, you know, and I think that, that, that also helps a lot too when you're like, okay, like this is, this is one of the bigger events of my life, you know? Yeah. It's like ending a chapter. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So every time, yeah, life, you know, flips a page and it's the end of the chapter for some reason, there's always a big miles, a milestone. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, big miles, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's your milestone is, whoa, that, that just happened to me. I'm trans, I'm transferring into a new chapter in life. And for some reason, I end up doing 150 miles because I need to process that last chapter. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting because it's the same totally in my world, too. I think every time I've gone through something crazy there's always been a big adventure to just kind of process everything and to reflect on yeah people you've impacted so give me give me an example of one of your you um, know like uh your because i'm i almost equate that 170 mile ride to like my well, like an emotional journey i've done that ride like three times and each of the times it was like there was like a you know like a okay all right cool I got that. That's buttoned up. I don't need to worry about that anymore. You know, like I can, I can work, I can worry about like, okay, can I even do this multiple times? You know? Okay. I can do this multiple times and it felt really good. And I want to, I want, I think I want to do some more stuff, you know? And then the third time you're like, okay, that was a little bit, I should, I should, I know I should have done something bigger, you know? Like I, at the end of the ride, I still feel like that, you know? But there's a little bit more you can Yeah, exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. 
I'm curious to hear your experience and if you if you had a similar vibe at the end of the ride. Oh yeah. Like I, there was the there was the need. It was literally like I would have clawed somebody to death to get back on my bike <laughs> if they had if they had stopped me within like the last ten miles. You know what I'm saying, oh, yeah. or something like that. You yeah. Know? Like I was literally like I was clenching my bike like it was my like an essential organ. You know or <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you know. Well. I'd say my first 100-mile ride as well was a big turning point in my life. Um, It was before I moved back to Flagstaff, Arizona. I just moved back to Colorado from Arizona. So it was kind of like this weird point in my life where I really didn't know where I was. Um, I was home where I was born and raised but I just really didn't know what I wanted or needed. And, you know, and I just ended up one day telling Mike, one of my brothers, because we were roommates. Is this, the Mike, is this the Mike that was hanging out with us? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, okay. We were uh, totally, I just, before I even went to bed, I just said, hey, dude, I'm going to go ride 100 miles tomorrow. And I've never ridden 100 miles before. What was the biggest distance you've heard before that? 40, maybe. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. So this was 2020. This was COVID pandemic. Oh. And the whole world was fucked. I was fucked. You know, I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to ride my bike. Anyway, I was in this weird spot and I needed to reflect. And I was like, why haven't I done 100 miles? And I didn't do any research on 100 mile rides. I just thought... This you, is something you go out there and you ride your bike. Yeah, I'm just going to stop. <laughs> and then you see 100 and you're like, okay, done. Done. And yeah. that's what I wanted to do. I was just like, I made the decision before I went to bed that I was going to wake up at 7 and get on my bike and ride until I hit 100 miles. And I did that. I did exactly that. And I felt freaking great the whole time. What, what age was this? I was 23. I was 25. Yeah, right. I did my f- interesting. Yeah, so I was both. It was during the pandemic. That yep. was when the. That was pretty close. I did mine May in May of I think, it was twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, like somewhere right around there. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. So, did you do it on a road bike? Road bike. Nice. Okay. Yeah, an old Cannondale. Sick. Yeah, just right. rim brake and. Oh know. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just- <laughs> <laughs> was it? I bet, I bet it was carbon though, right? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah, when I got done too, I mean, I could have just kept going too. Like it was just a weird. There was that sense of a like. Oh, I'm not done. Yeah, it's like I yeah can, I can still go. It's um, like, dude, I just I just opened the next door, man. It's like literally, yeah. like I just I just opened it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And there, I can't I can't stress enough that feeling of like, dude, like there is that second like door that like opens up, you know. Like you're like you're pushing, you're pushing, and it. I think it aligns with that like emotional. Like it sounds weird, but like, there's this whole. It's almost like you know you're like, you know like, taking your earmuffs off or like hearing for the first time or something like that. Like it gets like, oof, you get that emotional just like, boom, you know, yeah. like hump, and then you, and then you have that extra, umph. Like your body, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know what the science is. It's like the second it, wind. Yeah, it's like good God, man. And uh, I also think, like, I'll stand up for longer periods of time, for harder, way later in my ride than in the beginning. In the beginning, I'm like, oh, I can, you know, like, oh my God, dude, I, you know, I can't take that. Yeah. And then like I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh my God, I've been standing for a while now. You know, like I need to, you know, like maybe I need to, <laughs> I need to cool it a little bit. But it feels a little bit more efficient than sitting down, honestly. You know? Like, oh, I'm yeah. just, like, I'm feeling it, you know? Might be the emotional side that's feeling that, too. You know? Totally. <laughs> well, I think it's... Uh, you just go through so much within that ride. You know, if it's a big ride, you'll go through what seems to be a lifetime. You know... It'll be at mile, I'll be at mile 80 and think of like where I was at mile 20 and I'm like, whoa, 
I've gone a, f- a long way. Yeah. And then I look at myself at 100, mi- 100 plus miles, and I look at myself at mile 80, I'm like, whoa, I'm gonna, wait, when did I start riding my bike today? Oh man, I don't think I, a long time ago. <laughs> but And you also go through this transformation of euphoria, the bottom of pain, like mm-hmm. literally where you're like looking at your demons right in the eye. Um, it's about halfway. When yeah. I when I get there, that's that's Mars right about halfway. Yeah. Maybe a little before halfway. I'm like, wow, I'm just now coming upon the halfway part. Like I've been thinking a lot, you know, like that seems like a lot of time has passed, you know, kind of sort of deal. And then the next 10 miles is like, dude, if you can get through that, boom, you're good. And then, dude, then you hit the emotional thing. And then it's like, dude, as soon as you start to doubt, if you can push through that, dude, you get this huge reward. Huge. Huge reward, it almost seems like, you know. I don't know. I listen, I listen to some music on these long rides, you know, and I'll make sure that uh, I spare, you know, because my, my headphones only have so much battery. So I'll spare it on, like, the descents and stuff like that. And I'll really juice it on, you know, some really tough climbs and something, you know, something similar to that at least. But, oh my gosh, man. The the feeling of, yeah, the feeling of really ripping a climb and you're like so far into it already and you just feel so good, you know? Oh my God. But that being said, it's almost like when I do these really long rides, there's such a different mentality than my regular rides. It's like... It's almost like a like a like a like a test. You almost have to make sure that you're and it's not even like a test of knowledge. It's more of just a test of like, hey, can you keep it's gonna be busy almost, you know? Like it's almost like being busy at work. It's like, okay, my brain is doing all these crazy things, but I have to make sure that I drink so much amount of water. And it sounds so simple and so easy. You only have you gotta drink this amount of water, you gotta take this amount of food. And you just got to do that for a bunch of hours. But after, after like the first two or three, it almost becomes a chore. It literally is like, God, man, do I have to freaking eat again? Like I'm really like, I'm, I'm, and then you eat and you're like, you know, you're, you're, it's the weird emotional swing. And then you're like, oh man, thank God I had something to eat, dude. I was feeling pretty crappy. I'm not feeling too good, you know? So that's always, that's always a weird a weird realization that like your mood is completely dependent, not completely, but really dependent on your, your nutrition, you know, during these rides and making sure that you're hydrated. I guess like, you know, hydration includes nutrition or whatever, but like, like, and especially towards the end of the ride, you'll notice your mood almost swings with your nutrition, which is mind blowing. You know, like, and it's really weird, you know, because like you recognize it and you're almost like, and that's a, I don't know, a lot of people talk about like reading their body and stuff, you know, like really long endurance stuff, you know, and that's a hundred percent it. Like you can almost like by your emotions, you can tell like, oh, I need to eat again. (laughs) Like, oh, it's been like 30 minutes and like this, this song isn't hitting like it was like 30 minutes ago when I first had that gel, you know? And you're like, oh yeah, time for another gel. Here we go. And then you're like, oh man, I love this song. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. Yeah, it's like, oh God, man. It's like, it feels so good. That is so, dude, I've never heard that. But it makes so much sense. Oh man, I can feel my, it's like I'm a, I'm on this like weird emotional, I feel bipolar almost, you know, on some parts of the ride. Oh yeah. Like I'm like, fuck man. You know, like you'll, it's funny when you're riding on road, you have a lot of people riding car, you know, driving cars next to you and stuff, you know? And a lot of time, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to rep the shop and I want to make sure Greg is, you know, stoked that like, if I do a big ride, I'll put on the team jersey and stuff and go and ride. And like, sometimes I, freaking you know some i'll be so mad at some driver you know you know i don't i don't let it get to me and i don't flick them off or anything but i'm like god you know i'll curse under my breath or something <laughs> like that you know and i'm like reality check 
I probably need to eat. <laughs> yeah. Like literally as soon as I get super wound up and I'm so mad, I'm like, oh my God, dude, whoa. Whoa, man. Have you eaten? <laughs> it's like, what is your nutrition? Do you need do you need to have something to eat, man? Like, holy shit. And then like I'll see like people coming, you know, towards me. And uh, you know, you can like you know, they see you and sometimes people will wave or whatever. And no joke, that kind of stuff after so many miles gives you like another energy boost, you know, kind of sort of deal. It's amazing. So you're like, oh wow, there's other people. But yeah. I'm not alone in this world. Oh man, and you should see some of the re- So there's there's people who are like pissed that you're climbing up, you know, this tough climb or something like that. And you're not going 20 miles an hour. You're going like, you know, like maybe like 10 or 12 miles an hour. And then there are people that are just like so stoked to see someone doing what you're doing, especially if you're standing. It's like, they're like, oh yeah, dude. It's like, you know, you got to stand, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's got to get after. Oh yeah, man. And like, you know, I'll put in some efforts and man, that really, I'm like, oh man. If I didn't see those guys or they weren't feeding the stoke, man, I, I don't know if I could have made it this last, like, you know, 60 seconds till I had to, you know, level off on this flat or something like that. But all energy, man. It, for me on my rides, it's like, it's like trying to, ba- trying to balance and keep, keep this like medium kind of thing going on where my my everything in my whole world like my body is trying to like fucking burn a bunch of shit i gotta like fucking put a bunch of stuff back in it i gotta stay on top of that and then like my whole emotional side is going crazy and like it's pulling from memories and stuff like that and it's almost like so mountain biking is a little bit different but similar in a in some way where you i feel like i almost like zone out you know like you put this plan in, into place, you make sure that plan happens and it's kind of difficult to make sure the plan stays together, you know, especially on long rides, you know, but on, in mountain biking, I feel like it's almost a little bit more, it's like the deep end of the pool almost where you're like, if, if you're, if you're good at, you know, you can do that, you know, kind of sort of deal. Mountain biking is like, can you really just let go of everything else? Yeah. Can, so like can, what you're saying is like. The road bike, if you can go long on a road bike, that's impressive in a lot of ways. Yeah. But on the mountain bike... It's like a different zone. Yeah. You know, like, there's almost like... Like, you have to be really on top of your consciousness for, like, you know, the road stuff. And, like, there are these deadlines and time that you need to keep track of. And I don't know, for a mountain bike, it's more of, like... Don't think about shit so much. Cause you're gonna you if you don't if you think about stuff in that next rock that's coming up or any you know like if you focus too specifically on anything for me at least it re, it really messes me up you know like really messes me up like mountain biking for me is more like I can't think about anything if I think about anything I start fucking up you know like. I'm like, whoa, whoa, that was, that could have slid, slid me down the side of that little, uh, that little, uh, cactus patch right right there that I was staring at for like the past like 10 seconds, you know, like, (laughs) well, yeah, I think a lot has to do with just road biking. You can get lost in thought. Yeah. But with mountain biking, have you heard of flow state? No. What so, is, so what is that? Flow state, um, psychologist, psychologist kind of researched this altered state of mind that kind of encapul- encapsulates a person when they're doing extreme activities. So basically, um, extreme skiers, um, uh, skydivers, um, rock climbers, free solo um, climbers, bowlers, you know, extreme sports where a mistake can cost you mm. and you know and it almost okay. can cost you your life and so they did this research that there's so it's this like riding, riding the riding that edge of like risk. you are so encapsulated in the moment because you need to be yeah that's flow state it demands yeah it demands that you, if you if you get out of flow state you're now putting the body at risk but the mind has this overdrive of like no 
we can't lose our attention here. You need to, you need to be focused, but that's why I'm attracted to mountain biking is because it almost is now a meditation instead of road biking is, um, is almost, I'm, I'm really looking back at my life or it's kind of an observant mindset. Yeah. Mountain biking. Big reflection. Yeah. Mountain biking's a meditation. Yeah. You need to be in the moment. Where am I moment? Where am I going to go? The present moment. Why? Because I'm dropping off this rock right now. Because it demands it so that I can survive. Yeah. And so that's why. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. Big mountain bike races are freaking mentally draining. You know, it's because like my, my brain actually starts to hurt after a while. Like doing a hundred miles on the mountain bike. Yeah. I can only imagine. Especially the way you run a hundred (laughs) miles. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. (laughs) So it it definitely becomes, um, a lot on the brain because it is, even if you want to get out of it, you can't because it's, you, you're almost something deeper inside of your nervous system is saying, you got to stay here and you got to pay attention and you can't really leave that. You can have, I can definitely have thoughts when I'm rolling smoothly on single track and it's pretty flowy, but man, when it gets chunky, even a little chunky and I can handle my bike pretty well, but even if it's a little chunky, nope, you're back there right in the moment. You, wherever you were thinking, yeah. get your monkey mind back here because yeah. you need to be taking this trail on full force. Yeah. But that's interesting. Like you can't afford to put any thought into anywhere else. No. Because you, you might. It, the break, trail demands it. Yeah. Like you might break your collarbone. And you know that the first taste that I got of that was like, man, I fucking hate. Because I was, you know, I, I wasn't the strongest road cyclist when I started. I was like, fuck, man. I never want to get off my bike on the road. I will never let the road get me off my bike. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I swear to God, I won't fucking put a foot down or clip out on my road bike, period. Like, that's my goal around here. Like, if I ride around here, that's what I fucking want, you know? Mm -hmm. And that same demand, it's like that same demand for power. Because you can, depending on how your bike is geared, if you got a racy-ass, you know, drivetrain, you know, some, some sort of like 28, you know, tooth cassette with like a 53, you know, you know, big road racy, you know, kind of crit, you know, sort of deal, man, you're, it's going to hurt, you know, compared to like, uh, like, oh man, like, nope, fuck, I've lost my train of thought. No, but yeah, basically you're saying on the road. You're not going to put your fucking foot down. Yeah. Because exactly. Because and it is the terrain can allow you not to put your foot down. Yes, exactly. A hundred percent. There's almost like this like power wall and the climbs are never super long in Virginia or anything like, but there is like a demand for power. Like you have to be able to spin a certain gear to get up this mountain. You know, like you have to stay upright. Your bike can only allow you this lowest gear and that's all you've got, you know? So that was like the first thing where I was like, okay, well, I never want to get off my bike. And that's the first, that's the first milestone. If I can never get off my bike and I can at least spin my lowest gear, I'll be happy with every ride that I do, you know? And mountain biking is like, instead of like that power requirement, you know, there's almost like a... There's almost like that concentration requirement. Like you have to be like you can't. I've had a couple times where I've like I've started to think about other stuff in my life where I'm trying to get reflective, like as if I was riding my road bike, and it's fucked me up. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. nope. Actually, you can think about that later. You have to do it right. You have to focus on riding the trail right now, and that's all you can. And when I was first riding a mountain bike, um, Greg would always say like. Look where you want to go. Don't look where you don't want to go. Like, just do just do what you're doing right now. You know, almost. Like, literally, the direction was just... You, you only have one thing you have to do. And depending on how well you do it, you can, you can do it really well. You know? Like, the better you focus on it, you can do it really well. And that, that was just mind-blowing for me. You know? Because I'd never experienced anything like that. Where 
like you said, like it, de- it demands your concentration so that you don't die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I rode Sedona for the first time, like maybe like three weeks ago. And I've only, I've been living in Cottonwood for maybe like a year or so or something like that. And I rode, um, with this dude, James Bathia. He's like this pro mountain biker. And, um, Who's going to be on the podcast soon. Super cool guy. And he was like, hey, we should uh, we should go here. Because I asked him, I was like, hey, my uh, one of my really good friends has a buddy coming into town and he does a ton of riding. He does like a bunch of jumps. He's, you know, he's a seasoned rider, you know, like he rides enduro bikes and he's he goes to bike parks, you know. So he's like, okay, um, you know, we should take him. Um, that's like good for someone who hasn't done a bunch of like trail riding maybe maybe we do canyon of fools you know and he showed us this like youtube video or whatever like him going through canyon of fools and there was like a little bit of like a video of like uh, the mezcal trail and um i didn't understand what exactly was going on there you know obviously the video doesn't do it any justice you know so we go out with my buddy and his friend joe and uh James Bethia, and it was mind-blowing, man. Like, talk about uh, all of your concentration on exactly what you're doing and nothing else, you know? Like, you could tell, like, so I was trying to follow James Wheel because he's, like, the pro, you know? So I'm, like, I'm trying to watch him. Just that is too much for me. Like, you have to focus on, I was, like, trying to focus on, you know, James, and, like, I couldn't even do that. Like, I was, like, dude, you gotta focus on yourself. You can look at his line, don't focus on him though. You know, you can you can peep towards his line, but he was doing some stuff on like Mezcal where he's like like riding on stuff that was like so off camber that it didn't look like there was possible traction at all. You know, kind of, you know, and that was a mind-blowing ride and it taps into that same thing like like there's like an element of like not thinking or like you know that that med- that meditation kind of sort of thing where you just like I don't know who I was talking to but they were like yeah there's like two types of meditation one where you like empty your mind completely and one where you can like focus on stuff and like you know bring stuff to the forefront and like I don't know both of those both of those mental exercises are so rewarding you know like I really love mountain biking it's put me in some tough spots, you know, and I've had some injuries, you know, and that's, I've dislocated some fingers and I've taken a hit to the face, you know, and busted my lip, you know, and my mustache is all gross and bloody, you know, and stuff. But I'm, I'm obsessed with each of them in their own way. So how long have you been mountain biking? I've only been mountain biking. So on Strava, I bought my first mountain bike a year ago today. And it was a Trek Remedy 8. It had some carbon wheels, and I bought it from this dude who was a friend of the shop. And uh, it's like a, I think it was like a 140, 150. It might have been a 150, 160 travel bike. It was a, but it was 27.5, and it was like really slack angles, and it was like meant to just rip. It was just a fun bike, you know? Terrible climber. Really fun bike though. Like literally, like you get it on a flat, even like a flat or even a little bit of downhill, and you can like whip that thing around. It leaves the ground real nice and it's fun, you know. But after a while, I was like, dude, this doesn't. Rem-. I was I'm chasing this road bike feeling where I love climbing, you know. And I saw these guys like rip on climbs, and I was like, oh man, why, you know, like I'm, I want that, you know, like that reminds me of my road bike. So I ended up selling that thing, and I um. I bought a gravel bike and I, I loved that. And that was, that was where my, like my obsession with road and like a little bit of off-road stuff kind of blossomed. I ended up doing like 120 mile, uh, gravel, you know, race or whatever. And that was a lot of fun. Chino. Yeah. The Chino, Chino grinder. grinder. And that was a lot of fun. That was one of my best days on the bike. My average power was like better than I could probably ever think I could do that was for 120 miles yeah that's crazy yeah it was amazing it was so good it was it was crazy so I want to give the listeners a little back story yeah I'm sorry my my mind is like ping-ponging around no dude I love it I love it yeah and it's great for me because I don't have to ask questions and these are all the things I was going to ask but like so Zach and I started writing um this summer, because we moved, Kenzie and I moved here in June, 
And then we started riding July, August, in September, and um, we got this Confluence 928 off-road team going. And Zach, you just, you're fucking strong, you know? And you can just... I'm, I, I feel like I, I'm not super fast. You've got it. Yeah. He's got a diesel hybrid engine. (laughs) The thing can just, you can hold 260, I'm sure, for 180 miles if you wanted to. But anyway, um, I'm trying to convince. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I'm trying to. I'm trying to convince convince you, you know, to to take on this ultra world because I think you'd be really fucking good at it. I mean, just hearing your story of just doing 170 miles off, literally waking up and then just going right back to your door. Just imagine doing 170 miles, but camping out in the wilderness and then just doing 170 miles back, you know, day after just day. Just eating some, eating some top, you know, some, some top ramen, top ramen. like a jet boil and then just like chugging some instant coffee and hitting the road again. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah I could freaking I could I want to do something like that, man. So, uh, <clears throat> but that's the backstory behind Zach. Is his stoke is the highest I've ever met. Literally, <laughs> nice. yeah. Your attitude's always great. Um, you are a manager of the Verity Valley Bicycle Company. When we mentioned Greg in this podcast, he's the owner and he's the man. He refused. And refuses to be on the podcast because he doesn't like, prop the, not propaganda. <laughs> he's like, no man, like I'm just low key. Um, he he yeah he's he's uh he's slowly he's slowly getting getting into like uh social media technology yeah <laughs> I mean, just say technology in general yeah <laughs> you know um, but like he he uh you know he. He gets hype on it though. Like he made like a, I think like an Instagram reel of like the sunset, and he was like riding no hands with the dogs or something. Yeah. He was he was super stoked on that, and yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, he sent it to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's super excited about it. You know, I feel like he's he just he doesn't have the time to learn it, which sucks too, because he like he'd be pretty, you know, he'd be pretty. Good. I guarantee you'd be pretty good at it. Yeah. Like he'd have, he has a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Even in the, the little bit that he does. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to get deep too. Let's go. Let's do it. This, the Stoke Smile. podcast. I'll, no more smiles. No more smiles, man. <laughs> I'm just We're cutting don't. that shit out now. <laughs> but like, I'm just so interested with this endurance world. I'm, I'm fairly new to it too, but. Yeah, I'm, I, I literally, super new. The so biggest 100, 100 plus mile ride that I did was only like, I think it was like somewhere around like six to nine months ago. So like, it's been a, it's only, it hasn't, it hasn't been very long since I've done that 170. And the first 100 plus mile ride that I really did that was like significant was the ride to Strawberry and back. Yeah. And that was a lot. That was a but that was my that was my intro to like a hundred plus mile you know like something bigger than a century, and that was nuts. Like I, the first time the first time that I did it, I got I got caught out in the rain. Actually, yeah. this is one of my you know DNFs. I don't have I don't I'd like to say I don't have too many DNFs, but like <laughs> I have a couple DNFs, and one of them was this was just like a personal goal. Like I was like I wanted to go to Strawberry and back, and. Uh, so I'll start from the beginning. I, uh, so is this the 170 mile ride? This is the 116, I think it was like 118 mile ride. Somewhere right around there. Um, but this was the first one where I was like, okay. I. So this is a lot about my personal journey too. So like, I rode this 100 mile ride in in uh, in Virginia. And to do, to do something like this, I have to have... It sounds weird, but I have to not have enough like confidence in myself and my routine and comfortability where I am to be like, I don't know. Like there's almost like, I've talked to other people about it. It's like almost like having like an aura of like fire around me. You know what I'm saying? Like my, sometimes, you know, certain days, you know, my, my stoke is like, I'm just like a bear, like tiny little ember, you know, I'm kind of like, oh man, I'm a little vulnerable today. And some days, man, I can feel like a fucking super saiyan and I can just like fucking turn it on, you know? 
So building up to this, you know, strawberry ride that was 116 miles, um, you know, I was training a lot and um, I was probably putting in like maybe like 200-ish mile weeks, somewhere around there. And um, I was comfortable enough with my living situation and like, you know, my whole life to where I was like, okay, I want to chew off something big again. And I, I, um, it wasn't like an organized event. I was like, oh, I want it to be, I want it to be something more than that. You know, like I don't want to do, I really love the self-supported thing. Like, you know, like again, like my leaving from my driveway and like coming back to my driveways. I love it. I love that feeling of just like, like it's really dark. You know, the sun's barely just rising in the morning and I'm like, I'm going to end up here eventually, you know, it's like just X amount of pedal strokes, you know? It's like, all I have to do is just pedal the bike X amount of pedal strokes and I'll be back here. I end up trying to go to Strawberry. Um, I get all the way there. Um, And when I get there, uh, I have like a burger and stuff and the weather looks great. It looks phenomenal. And I got there probably like noon Somewhere right around noon. Were you and, feeling good? Yeah, I was feeling phenomenal. I was feeling phenomenal. I was like, oh man, I might even have a beer. You know, I'm feeling so good, <laughs> you know? I didn't end up having a beer. Um, but I had some Coca-Cola. I had some fries, ketchup, and um, like just a plain burger. You know, nothing crazy. I wasn't trying to load up on carbs or anything. And I had a bunch of gels. Like the whole thing was like only eat the nutrition that I've trained with. And like for these big rides, I was, I took it real seriously. I was like, I'm only, I'm going to train for the previous week, two weeks with just the nutrition I'm going to use on my ride. You know, I'm gonna wake up at the same time, make sure that like my circadian rhythm tells me, get it cooking at this time, you know? So fucking make it all the way to strawberry, have all this food. And then someone's like, Oh man, it looks like there's a storm rolling in. I was like, Holy fuck. I need to get the fuck out of here. And this guy who's working on the Coca-Cola, like, fountain gun or whatever is like, hey, I can take you down the hill if you want to. Like, no big deal. I'm about to leave in, like, 15 minutes. And I was like, huh. It's like, yeah, no. I didn't do this to come all the way out here and take a ride with the Coca-Cola guy. No, no. What I'm going to do is I'm going to get on my bike. I'm going to get the fuck over this hill and do this descent before it gets crazy. Well, I hop on the bike. I make it, like, I make it up the hill. And it's probably one of the worst thunderstorms I've ever been out in. It was the worst thunderstorm I've ever been out in in my entire life. I could see like lightning touching down, like on my left, on my right. The thunder was stupid loud. Um, luckily, I still had a little bit of my headphone charged, so I could hear I could hear music, you know, and that was like a big motivating factor. But before I left the you know the place I was you know eating in Strawberry at, um, I bought a I bought a beanie. From the sport sportman's chalet. He's currently repping the booty. <laughs> brought it to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So we Yeah. It says Sportsman's Chalet somewhere in Strawberry, Arizona. And I brought uh, I bought a hoodie and I bought a beanie. And I was like, maybe this will help me on my journey back over the mountain. And I had those extra layers and it still didn't help me. It was down when they when I got when I flagged down some people to come pick me up because I couldn't take it anymore. Um, it was forty degrees. I was about to start a descent that was going to take me, it's the Zane Gray descent off of like 260 down into Camp Verde. Mm -hmm. That would have taken me like maybe like 2,500, maybe 3,000 feet, somewhere around there. Maybe even more, honestly, probably closer to like 3,500. But that would have taken me downhill so fast that I wouldn't be be able to take the wet and the cold, you know? No. Yeah. I was was really suffering. I hit my max speed on that hill. Oh, man. Because it's so... Yeah, it's so steep. Exactly. It's, so I was like, okay, um, I'm going to flag some people down. And I, I, I got flagged. I flagged some people down, and they're really nice to take me down the hill. And um, they dropped me off in Camp Verde, and I ate my feelings away at a McDonald's for like the next hour. One of my friends, Jason McDonald, came and picked me up. He's a really cool guy, mountain biker. But that was my first like real dose of like... I felt comfortable enough to do a ride, and I was real confident. And that... That failure, honestly, like, fucking turned the heat up. Like, it was like, oh, man. And it's funny. Greg, the morning of, was like, hey, you should take a rain jacket with you. You know, just in case. You don't know what's going to happen on the top of the mountain. You know? And I was like, 
Dude, I checked the weather, all right? Are you kidding me, man? I checked the weather. I know exactly what's going on. He was like, okay, yeah, sure. Don't worry about it, man. All right, I'll see you later. It's like me saying, don't bring it to. Oh, yeah. I can't remember who he was talking to, but he was like, uh, he ended up saying to somebody, he was like, huh, he's not going to die. <laughs> it's like, it's like he'll, he'll, he'll be fine, but he's going to suffer out there, you know? And uh, that was your first, I guess, like, Reality check. Nature first, yeah. is powerful. Yeah. And if you don't come prepared, it's... And coming from Virginia, there's yeah. no... I hadn't... I hadn't really gotten a grasp. Like, I knew it got cold when you climbed mountains, you know? Like, I, I was like, okay, cool, you know? Blue Ridge Mountains maybe get you to, like... The climb that I was around was, like, um... So the climb that I'm talking about is, like, in the Fincastle Buchanan area in Virginia... Um, and there's like two different ways to get up there. Um, one's closer to the peaks of otter and then one's closer to like the, uh, you know, like kind of like the, the city of Roanoke. And, um, they only get you to about maybe like 2,500, I think maybe 3,000, maybe. Um, but it's, it's not comparable to like climbing from 30... 3,400 down to like 3,000 in Camp Verde and then climbing all the way to like 7,000. Seven. So it's like 4,000 foot gain. Almost 8,000 feet. Yeah, exactly. Because the temperature, you have to be able to, you have to pack for two completely different kits almost. Two climates. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you You got high altitude, desert, Flagstaff. Right. And then you have little lower altitude desert but still you probably left the house was it like 85 degrees and oh, then yeah. we got up there and it was 70 so when i when i climbed down to strawberry when those people picked me up their car read 40 degrees and it was raining on me and i was like completely soaked i was like squishing the socks yeah yeah you know in my yeah and i had some winter winter uh not winter but like some some sealed off kind of shoes too like i had the right shoes i had all you know mind you i didn't have fucking i didn't have a rain slick like jet like uh greg told me i should have had a fucking rain slick and i didn't have one which really sucked but all the learning all the learning like milestone like that was the biggest thing that i took away from it was like all right greg knows what he's talking about first of all uh, <laughs> it's like second of all, um, over prepare. Yeah, it's always better to, especially on these long rides. Oh my god! Like, I'd rather have it. Yeah. Than not need it. Yeah. Than need it and not have it. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, I've been there too multiple times when, because I used to live in Flagstaff. Those storms, when monsoons would come, I'd leave the I house. I can't imagine. Because, you know, you, when you get bit by the cycling bug, it's like, well, I know there's a storm coming, but I could probably fit 15-mile ride in there, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. You leave. It's like, dude, it doesn't say even 50% chance of rain until, like, three hours from now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like, I'll be back in two. <laughs> yeah, ten, 10 miles in, just freaking, just lightning right above my head. That was the scariest I've ever been, is on the bike. Just, like, ducking. Yeah. Know, ducking down. I'm going, oh, God, when am I going to get snapped? You oh, know? my God. Yeah. So, I, I've, I, totally, I totally know what you were talking about when you're literally in a thunderstorm. I think it was, like, 7,000, 7, maybe, like, 7,200 feet, 40 degrees. The wind was ripping. The wind was ripping, dude. And it was, like... Like, I was spitting up fucking... I was on my road bike, so, like, it was just spitting up water all over me. I had, like, fucking water all over my glasses, you know, kind of sort of... You know, I couldn't really see very well. Yeah. But I think back to that moment so often, you know? Yeah. And, like, Greg said something that, like, fucking stuck with me. And I, and I think about it, like, almost every other day, every day, you know, kind of sort of... Ah, oh, he's not gonna die. Why didn't I finish? Yeah. 
I don't know. Do you, I, I feel like that every single time I've not been able to, you know, cross, cross the gap. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I should, I, I could have been able to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing in, like, he, like Greg said, I wouldn't have died. I knew I wasn't going to die. It just hurt. <laughs> it just hurt so bad, you yeah. know? And, like. I don't know. And that's never, that's that's my newest. That's the that is the newest obsession. So that's when, that was almost an era. So like that was you know the milestones that I'm talking about. It's like before the strawberry shit that I didn't finish, and after the strawberry shit, because that was like big motivating factor. Like hey, you wouldn't have died. And I did the strawberry trip and. You know, I came back afterwards and, you know, after after that terrible experience where I was, like, frozen, you know. But I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I did. I wouldn't have died. Like, you know, when I get, you know, when you get back, you're, like, after actually doing it, you know, like, when you try it again, it's like, no, I definitely wouldn't have died. And then you're sitting in your warm house. Yeah. Like, Fuck. Yeah. I wouldn't have died. Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't that cold. Yeah. But... This just came but up. it's those thoughts. One of those people in the auditorium of me on stage was shouting loud enough to me. Get a ride. Yeah, yeah. It looks like there were some people who were leaving town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it just pops in your mind. You go, oh, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, and then boom. The next thing you know, I'm already off my bike and my hands up. Like, <laughs> no, man. What happened? What just happened? You're telling the guy, hey, do you need a ride? No. Can you take me to town? I don't need a ride. Don't pick me up. Yeah. Can you take me though? It's like you're slapping yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. I need a ride. Slap. I don't need a ride. <laughs> now that's awesome. Um, so I think we're coming close to an hour, um, and I think we're gonna wrap it up here soon. It's not a bad idea. Uh, go on all night. Is there anything else that you'd wanna? Tell the listeners or anyone you'd want to hear on the podcast. You can hear the baby crying in the background. <laughs> oh, she's so sweet. You guys are awesome parents. Thanks. 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 <laughs> yeah. We're trying our best. If there was one thing that I would like try and impart is like... I don't know. When I was really new to cycling, I was really like really obsessed with the gear and stuff like that. You know, and like that kind of, um, that kind of, that kind of obsession is like, you know, cool to get you into the sport and stuff, but, um, try not to focus on the gear that much, you know, like try not, do it for like the, the practice of it, you know, like that's the most beautiful part I think is like when I see some, somebody who's riding like. Cause I've, I've kept up with some people who have like, you know, the lightest bikes and DI2 and they're, you know, they got the seven grand bike and I'm riding like a two grand bike, you know, like somewhere around there. And like these guys are freaking ripping and you know, and you can do just the same on some old steel road bike. I've seen Greg ride the Eddie Merckx <laughs> bike on some crazy group riding Phoenix before and he's keeping up with everybody and you know, the pace line and stuff. Like there is... Just get on a bike. Just get on a bike. Try it, cause it's the it's it changed my life. It's the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. And uh, if I could give anybody else that um, experience of like getting to ride something that's really nice and that feels good and that can take you as far as you want to go with just you and your body and your mind and maybe some snacks and some water jump on it like try and go do do anything to get on the bike like the bikes are amazing and it's it's the best thing that's ever happened to me and i i i hope everybody gets a chance to at least experience somewhat of the a little bit of the feeling that i got on my first you know road bike ride boom yeah 100 percent agree yeah gear doesn't matter yeah I've, i literally started on hand-me-downs exactly yeah and gear comes. Yeah, exactly. As, as you get into it, gear just accumulates. So. And the experience isn't any less than if... 
it's just biking is amazing in any form. Yeah, it's it's really great. And just challenging yourself and I don't know. Maybe maybe bikes are that thing for me, but I feel like there's no way it's just for me. You know, like it's one of those things where like holy, holy cow, man! Like this is the. <laughs> Why isn't everyone doing this? <laughs> yeah, this is the secret. Yeah. Sweet, dude. I think that's like the best place to end. And you were freaking awesome. So thank you so much for joining the podcast. Yeah, sorry, I talked I talked a ton. That's good. That's the whole point of a podcast. All right. 100%. Yeah, I want you to just spill your guts. There we go. I think I I think I spilled a lot more than um I thought I was going to spill, so that's good. Shit, we could have sat here for another three hours. Yeah, easily. At the rate we were going. Yeah. Well, sweet Zach. Well, hey, thank you so much. And guys who are listening, I love you. Zach loves you. Always. Stay stoked. Spread the stoke. Ride bikes every day. Have fun. Be nice to people. Love people. Call people when you think about them. (laughs) Yes. Totally. Call people when you think about them. It's just real. You're not thinking about it for nothing. No joke, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, peace out. Stay stoked. Cheers.